Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, how are you doing? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast, and I'm super jazzed that you guys were able to tune in today. And you tuned in on a great day because I have some pretty awesome information to share with you guys today. Not only is our topic awesome, but I have some cool news. But first, I got to give a shout out to my girl, Sherry. She is the most recent donor to the Clumsy Theosis podcast, and that's a big deal because I don't know if you're aware of this, but our show is only possible because of the donations made by listeners like yourself. So I'm super thankful for her donation as well as all of the donations of all of our donors. And I think you guys should be too. And maybe you can show your appreciation by including them in your prayers today. Just a thought, just putting it out there. I also want to invite you, if you have ever found value in Clumsy Theosis in any way at all, I would like to encourage you to consider making a donation. And the way you'd make your donation is by visiting clumsytheosis.net and clicking the word donate in the menu. Now for my exciting news. I feel like I'm always excited every time I talk to you. Something is exciting me. But anyways, my exciting news for today, Clumsy Theosis has its first ever merchandise line. It is for a limited time only, starting today through Valentine's Day. After Valentine's Day, the shop is closed. You can no longer place an order. If you are already on my email list, you have an email in your inbox with the link to the shop. If you are not on my email list, but you want to see the shop, you want to buy some merch, I think you will because it's pretty awesome then sign up for my email list now. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on sign up and you'll get a welcome email that will include that link to the shop. Now, if you don't decide to sign up, but you still want to shop, then you're going to have to wait probably a week before I post the link available on social media. So it's up to you. Now, today's topic, I'm super excited about it. I think it's an awesome topic. It's actually a widely requested topic and I'm surprised I haven't gotten to it sooner. We're talking about decision making today. An interesting fact is that if you did a quick Google search, it would say that the average adult makes 35,000 decisions per day. Some are small decisions, but some are also large decisions. Things like, where should I work? When and where should I move? Are my spouse and I supposed to have more children? Hey, where do I even send my children to school? Do I mend a relationship or a friendship that has fallen out? Or is this the time to let it go? Who does God want me to marry, right? These are important questions and the list can go on and on. And the reality is that the decisions that we make today determine who we're going to be tomorrow. And that reality can be pretty distressing for people. But you know what? The decision-making process does not have to be stressful. In fact, it should not be stressful because as a child of God, nothing should take your peace. And we need to believe that, right? That nothing is too big or too small for our God. And I want to emphasize that things are not too small for our God. And I think sometimes we fall into that trap of thinking that, oh, this is trivial. Oh, there's bigger problems in the world, or I should be able to handle this myself. But you know what? The Lord cares about everything big and everything small in your life, including the decisions that you make on a daily basis. The Lord wants to walk with you as you make decisions. And the reason for that, I mean, think about this is because he wants you to be in his will. And that's not because he's some dictator who says, do things my way or it's the highway. 
No, it's because his will for you is for your good. It's for your holiness and it's also for your perfect joy. This process of making decisions with the Lord is called discernment. So everybody, welcome to Discernment 101. The easiest way to explain it is to say that discernment is making decisions with God and not just the big decisions either. And I put like bunny ears on the word big, right? Anything that you need help making a decision with, anything that's important to you, God can help you make that decision. And he's always available and he's always interested in helping you make decisions, no matter how big or how small. However, I do want to say that if you are having trouble making the decision between which brand of toilet paper to buy, maybe that's something that you should learn to do independently. But everything else, the Lord is there and he wants to be with you and help you through that process. Because really the person who discerns the decisions in life, that person is the person that in their heart says, thy will be done. So the person who is discerning, who is making decisions with God, they want to follow God's will. They want to be in his will. However, I want to put this out there. Discernment is not an easy way out. It's not a way of passing off responsibility of actually making a decision or waiting for God to make the decisions for you. Because the odds are you're not going to hear some booming voice from heaven telling you exactly what to do and exactly where to go. Discernment is a process that requires continual prayer, critical thinking, inquiry, trusting the Lord, and taking action. It's a five-step process, which I'm going to just jump into right now and give you guys the five steps, and you guys are going to be golden when we're done. The first step is to pray for guidance. And this is step one technically, but it doesn't end. This step continues throughout the whole process. But you begin by telling the Lord what you would like guidance with. But I don't want you to make that mistake of only talking to God about what it is that you're discerning right? It's not going to produce an answer any quicker. Trust me, been there, tried it. It just doesn't work that way because God provides guidance as opportunities arise. Plus, I want to say that he doesn't just want to discuss our discernment with us. He wants to talk to us about other things on a daily basis, which brings me to my next point about prayer. You're going to have to stay really close to the Lord if you want to hear the responses that he's giving you through this process. So that means that you have to be on your game when it comes to your daily prayer, your daily reading of scripture, and frequenting the sacraments. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to list out your options. And I'm a very big fan of writing things down by hand, right? So you write out a list of what you're discerning and all of your options. And at this point, you don't want to discount any of your options at the beginning stage. Just write them down. And remember, you always have an option. Even if you're discerning one specific thing, you always have the option of its exact opposite, right? If you're discerning whether or not to do something, your option is to not do it. Get what I'm saying? Then you move on to the third step, and that's to ask questions about all of your options, right? This is the inquiry phase. So here are five questions that I think are basic. You can ask more, but this is just to kind of give you a start. The first question is, based off of what God has already revealed, right, things that he's told us through the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, divine revelation, anything like that, is the thing that we're discerning, is it something that is good? Or is it something that God has already said is bad, right? So we're looking at whether or not something is moral or immoral. I mean, it's that simple. The second question that you ask is, is this something that is even a legitimate option for me, especially at this time? So here's an example. Right now, I'm a married woman. 
So becoming a nun at this stage in my life is not an option for me. Okay, so third question is to ask, will this option be good for you, right? Based off of where you've been in your life, what your vices and your virtues are, your gifts and your talents, your abilities, your shortcomings, even your health. Factor all of that into account and ask, will this be good for you? Will it bring you closer to God? And fourth, do you want this thing that you are discerning? Does this option that you're looking at right now, do you actually want it? Do you feel particularly drawn to it? And fifth, this is important. A lot of people forget this one, and I think maybe they intentionally forget it. But the fifth question is you have to ask yourself, what is your time frame? What is your time limit? Days, weeks, months, something, right? Because you have to have a closed date. Because without it, people tend not to act. And well, there's no discernment without action. I repeat, there is no discernment without action, right? People just keep asking questions and weighing options without taking any action. Which brings me to our next step taking action, right? Because like I said, no discernment without action. Many people do not like this part of the process. And in my experience is because people don't like to take action because they are afraid that they are going to fail. And that just tells me that they have bought into the lies of the enemy, lies that think that accomplishments, you know, things like succeeding or failing, that those things are linked to your identity. And if you need a refresher in identity and the lies from the enemy, listen to my episode, Not Today, Satan. But back to taking action and the possibility of failure. I love this. Einstein said that failure is success in progress. Also, Thomas Edison, when he was asked about failure, I don't remember what what it was referring to, like what specific experiment. It could have been the light bulb. I don't know. But he said regarding failure, he said, I have not failed. I have only found 10,000 ways that won't work. These are two great inventors that have changed the world and were only able to do so because they were not afraid to fail. They had an understanding that failure just means that you have not succeeded yet, that you are learning what you need to do in order to succeed. And think about how much more we would see the world transforming to the glory of God if we stopped being afraid of failing. And probably my number one reason for why I love discernment so much is because with discernment, I think anyways, fear does not have an opportunity to take a foothold because action in discernment is not this big leap of faith that will make or break your life because action in discernment is one small step forward at a time. Action in discernment is just collecting more information to help you to the end of the discernment process, right? Action in discernment It's done with the Lord. So all of this taken into account, in my opinion, and it it helps me personally to remove the concept of being afraid to fail. So here's an example of actions so that you can see that it's not as scary as it might seem. So say that you want to apply for a promotion at the company that you're working at, and that requires some sort of continuing education classes in order to have that new role but you don't have those classes yet. So some actions that you would take here or you could take would be to look into programs that offer these continuing education courses. Look into locations, program requirements, program costs, time commitments, and so on, right? You compile all of this information together and you write it down. Also, 
Another action step that you would take is to talk to friends, family, your priest or your spiritual director about what they think about this venture that you are discerning. Because these are going to be people who know you well and hopefully they are interested in your spiritual well-being and not just your earthly welfare, right? They will care about both your earthly welfare and your spiritual well-being. Also, get some insider information. Talk to the people who are already doing the thing that you're discerning, right? Talk to people who already have this position or who are in this department that you're considering. And you might even consider scheduling a meeting with the hiring manager to talk about their stance on considering a candidate who would be receiving the educational requirements after the hire date. These are all small action steps that you can take that are not going to make or break your life. Now, all of your findings, everything that you found as you've gone out and you've talked to people, um, you've done your own research, you've done all this, right? You talk to the Lord about it also. You bring all of your findings back to God because this is the part where you analyze your actions with God, right? You ask yourself, have any of these options closed? Which ones are still open? What feedback have I received from people who I know and trust? Have I received any results from these action steps that I've made, right? Results that have moved me forward into the process to take the next step, or maybe even results that have stopped me from moving forward. If any of your findings lead you to the conclusion that this option is no longer the option for me, do not mark this off of your list on your own. Same thing goes if any of your findings lead you to believe this is definitely what I'm supposed to do. This is meant for me. Don't automatically circle it and think this is it for you, right? Because you have to tell the Lord about it. You have to talk to him and ask him if you are correct in your judgment. I mean, I'm sure you're all smart and you're all able and you're good at critical thinking through many things just like I am, but we have to talk to God about what we find because he knows better than we do all of the time. We might be right on, right in line with what, with what the Lord has planned for us, or we might not be. And we're not going to know that unless we talk to him. So remember that the action phase also includes having an active prayer life. Very, very important. The action phase isn't just taking actions outside. It also includes actions internally in your prayer life. And that's one of intentional prayer and dialogue with the Lord about what you're discerning. During this time when you are having this dialogue with the Lord, you don't only bring your data-driven findings, but you also bring your experience because as you're taking actions, you're putting your toe in the water. And when you do that, you're actually experiencing a little taste of what it is that you're discerning. So you bring your experiences to the Lord as well. That also includes your heart, right? Notice where your heart lies after these experiences and after you've collected and analyzed the data. And through all of these simple actions, you and the Lord have just narrowed down your options. Like you don't really realize it at the time, but you're narrowing down options. And in doing so, you're receiving more clarity. And above all, you're receiving peace. And our final, our final step in discernment is to make a choice. You have to make a choice and you have to trust. If you and he have been doing the legwork together, there's no reason not to trust because you're not taking a big leap. Even at that final stage, you're just taking the next step in the series of steps that you've already been taking in order to make this decision, right? Now, sometimes by the end of the process, you have two competing goods and it doesn't seem like God is leading you to one over the other. So what do you choose? The answer is whichever one you want, because sometimes that's just how it works out. And 
you'll know if that's the case, that both of these options are good and God trusts you with either of them. And so you pick the one that is on your heart. Trust God, even if you make the wrong decision. In his mercy, he always brings us back to his will because he's always actively waiting to be with us and to help us. And I think that we need to put this into practice, right? Because this discernment process, it's simple, right? I laid it out for you. You're like, oh yeah, I can do that, no problem. But we need to practice it. And we need to do that, I think, with something that is not overwhelming. So I want to challenge you to use this method of discernment, use this process, which I've laid out for you, to set your Lenten practices. So for Lent, you have 40 days where you're called to pray, fast, and give alms in a special way that's going to help your spiritual development, right? So between now and Fat Tuesday, so you already have your time frame built in, between now and Fat Tuesday, discern what is going to be the best for you in terms of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving during this Lenten season. And that's it. That's all I got for you. But I think it was some pretty cool stuff, including the fact that we now have merchandise for sale. So go and get you some of that while you still can between now and Valentine's Day. If you're not on my email list, go down and click the link in the show notes to get on the email list so that you will get the link in your welcome email. And you can always reach out to me. Tell me what you're looking for in this podcast, in your prayer life. And um, yeah, you can do all that on social media. I'm super easy to find on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. So link up with me there. That's it, everybody. (laughs) Until next week, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.